Hi there, and welcome to our special weekend edition of The Road to Reality, where today's message by K.P. Yohannan is called Seeing Jesus. Now, before we launch into this uplifting and insightful teaching, I'd like to let you know about the most recent book from K.P. Yohannan called Never Give Up. Never Give Up. This is the true story of a broken man impacting a generation. K.P. Yohannan. I lived in Mumbai where I saw these children and their suffering. And today, by the grace of God, you know, we have launched a whole ministry to rescue the children. He survived a devastating spiritual forest fire of grief and pain, but the Lord brought him through and new life is returning. It is the uh, most personal journey that I had to uh, make with the Lord over at least uh, some 15 years of my life and especially the last four years. Um, it's not been easy to do. I didn't want to do it and I put it off and um, it was a burden that would never leave me. And I would say, yeah, without any doubt, that's the most personal you know, story of my life and my journey that I wrote in any book. In his new book, Never Give Up, KP reminds us, suffering is a New Testament fact of life. This journey has enabled me to learn uh, more what it means uh, to find all my happiness and contentment in the Lord Himself. If you have ever asked, God, where are you? Read this book, Never Give Up, by K.P. Yohannan, roadtoreality.org. All I want is people get it and read it and their lives impacted for the Lord. That's roadtoreality.org. And now, here's K.P. with our message called Seeing Jesus. In the book of Philippians, chapter 3, we have the diary of Paul. He writes something very personal about his journey. He was a radical, a real man, sober-minded, and he had lots of things going for him. Highly educated, well-established, a politician, very powerful, and a deep thinker, a type of personality, I think, sanguine by temperament and militant in his commitment, and righteous, very righteous. Then he ran into Christ, and he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Curios is no more a servant who worked to get wages, but a slave. So he addressed himself in Romans chapter 1, verse 1, I am a bond slave of Jesus Christ, having given up every right to run his own life, only one thing on his mind, Christ and him alone. So he writes in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, but whatever was to my profit, now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him 
in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Pursuing your dreams should be your vocation. Pursuing your treasure must be your call, the reason to live, passion of your life. Our dreams as humans is very horizontal and subjective. Even when we put labels, for God's sake, I'm going to be the best pilot, best doctor, best engineer, a multi-millionaire, an inventor, and we can tag all our aspirations with God. So we have a lot of Christian trinkets now with cross and Jesus' name because somebody decided they're going to be rich and famous through putting Jesus along with their ambition or their dreams. It can be very confusing. And so we have in Second Corinthians chapter 3, Paul says, the God of this world has blinded the eyes of people that they may not see the glorious face of Christ, but when the veil is removed, they will see, and there is liberty and freedom and enthusiasm and this one-way ticket and passion to embrace him by life or death. Nothing else matters. And so, when it comes to our job, our riches, our position, our power, attention, honor, approval from other men, accomplishment, our fulfillment, our peace, our happiness, our joy, being a good father, a good husband, an upright businessman, all this stuff, wonderful dreams. But please make sure you label it under vocation. But your call as a follower of Christ is only him and him alone. Now, there's a verse in the book of Psalms says, as the deer pants after the water brooks, so pants my soul after thee, O God. I want to read to you a couple of paragraphs from a book a dear friend of mine wrote that kind of helps a little bit to make this clear. For years, we have preached a cheap gospel and peddled a soft savior. We have taught salvation without self-denial and the crown without the cross. We have catered to the unsaved and compromised with the world. Now we are paying the price. Our instant salvation message has dishonored God and deduled men. Our faulty seeds have produced a flaky harvest. What a pitiful crop we are reaping. As North Americans, we claim we are believers in Christ, but we spend more hours watching television, but minutes watching in prayer. We are more hungry for sports page, but little taste for the Word of God. We spend more money on pet foods than on foreign missions. We love to feast and hate to fast. Welcome God's blessings, but we are weary and tired of carrying his burdens. Is this what Jesus died for? Is this our new life in him? Stop for a moment and think. 
Anyone who spends more time playing video games than seeking God in prayer has no right to call Jesus his Lord. Anyone who takes delight in today's perverted soap operas is serving another God. Anyone who cannot die to sports for a season is worshipping idols. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him because the friendship with the world is hatred toward God. 1 John 2.15, James 4.4. 4. In reality, whose friends are we? It is time for some serious soul searching. What kind of born-again experience have we had if it calls for almost no personal sacrifice, produces virtually no separation from the world, and breeds practically no hatred towards sin? How can we claim to be born from above? Where is the evidence of our new nature? We call ourselves citizens of heaven, yet our hearts are caught up in earthly treasures. We sing, we are the people of God, but we are entertained by the worst of the devil's children. We claim to be dead to the world, yet we are more interested in temporal fashions than in eternal souls. Something is wrong with our salvation experience. Bad fruits means bad roots. Sobering. I hope you don't think I'm too hard on you. Many years ago, I was in a prayer meeting. I can never forget that. In our ministry at large, every Tuesday night, all over the world, our people meet for prayer, and first Friday of every month, we meet all night prayer. And this particular prayer meeting, we had some 1,200 people. This is back in India. And toward early morning hours, oh, 4, 4.30 or something like that, this old woman began to pray. And I was you know, in the prayer group, you know, small group praying. I, what she said in prayer arrested me. Words were like this. Dear Lord Jesus, this long journey I've been on, I'm tired and weary. How long must I wait till I see you? I can't wait any longer. When will you come back? My heart long and ache just to see you, Lord. When are you coming back? And I opened my eyes to see who is this lady praying this prayer. And I saw this old woman. She must be 85, 90. Wrinkled face like old frog. <laughs> you can just see it. And she had a little shawl on her head. But you know the amazing thing? Her hands raised like this, gazing. It's almost like she was looking into the face of Christ, tears streaming down like rivers. And her face was almost lit, just glows. I was gripped, touched. Then I asked some of my colleagues later, who is that grandma? The answer, as a youngster when she was studying in college, she gave her life to Christ. Her rich, affluent family members booted her out of the house. She walked away with the clothes on her back. Took a journey to walk with God for the rest of her life, to be a witness, to suffer. And her life was marked by one thing, not ministry, not accomplishment, not to be famous, 
not be some big individual, but rather she constantly talk about being in love with Christ, her Lord. You're listening to KP O'Hannon with a message called Seeing Jesus. Now, we'll return to this topic in just a moment. First, I've got a very inspiring story from the front lines in Asia. Now, this comes from a pastor of six fellowships in six different villages. The GFA-supported pastor tried to visit every believer, but the villages were in some of the most remote regions. As such, there was no form of modern transportation. The pastor had to walk almost everywhere. The pastor felt burdened when believers asked him to visit their home for prayer and encouragement, but couldn't make the journey. We will present the encouraging conclusion to this story after our next segment of the message called Seeing Jesus. So stay with us. Once again now, here's KP. In Psalm 73, we read about a godly man like many of you. The guy decided he's just going to live for God. He washed his hands from all the dirt and all this stuff. And he kept journeying. But then he began to look around and see people who are stupid, ungodly, making money and riches and name and fame and nothing wrong with them. They're well off and, you know, I mean, they're not skinny and dying without any food and they eat plenty of food and then he got disgraced. You know, this is, this is dumb. This faith I'm grabbing hold of, this pursuit after living God that I cannot see and touch. What is it? I have nothing to show for. Then he says, my feet almost slipped. I gave up my faith. And he was all alone. He chose to be alone. To walk alone, a lonely walk with his eye on the face of the living God. But then the humanity, the reality of temptation just attacks him. And he says, I'm going to hold on to this. I'm going to go after making money. And be like anybody else. And then it says, until I came into the presence of God, I understood their end. Ah, listen close. Please do. What you do today, what you are today, how you live for Christ today, how radical you can become for Christ's sake, be a nobody alone, this crazy individual whose eyes fixed on eternity, having said no to everything in the world, depends on not the present but the future. You see something nobody else can see and say, I it's okay for them. For me, I see something that nobody can see. And that is passion and our pursuit should be. So in verse 25, he says, oh Lord, I've just been so dumb. Whom have I in heaven but you? And on earth I desire no one, nothing beside you. I remember 30 years ago when Gisela and I, that's my wife, you know, she was born in Germany and I was born in India, talking about getting married and all that. We both were on the mission field. A day came when we talked about following the Lord as a family. In one of our conversations, this came up. 
if there must be a choice between her and Jesus, for her, me or Jesus, which one she would choose, I would choose. And we came up with the statement, as long as we live on earth, we will love Jesus more than loving one another. Please don't get confused. We are still together. We are two children. They both are serving God on the mission field. We are happy little people. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> My precious brother, I want to ask you a question just as a friend, as a brother. Are you following the teachings of Christ and the Bible? Or are you following Christ? Mahatma Gandhiji, the father of India, the nation, militant in his obeying the teachings of Christ, but he never followed Christ. Consultations, hundreds of books about how to be a better person, all this can be a wonderful thing, but if it all is about us, about making me a better person for whatever that means to you, if it is not about him, we have to be very, 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 very careful. We have a crisis in Christendom of following the teachings, the doctrines, not following Christ the person. Holy Spirit came not to give goosebumps. Holy Spirit came, Jesus said, when he comes, he will not speak of himself, but he will take the things of mine and he will show them to you. Why? Because it is a continuous learning an exchange of what I am all about for him, so it's him and him alone and nothing else. That's what Paul talks about Romans. My greatest longing is this, that somehow you will become more and more like him. There's a crisis. Blessings of God is now seen in material blessings. Oh man, God has really blessed this guy. Look at his business. Look at how healthy he is. Look at his kids. And listen, what about Hebrews 11? Half of them lost their life. The world wasn't worthy of them. Today, 14 sisters live on the mission field in India and Nepal whose husbands were murdered, killed for preaching the gospel. These young sisters are raising their kids on the mission field, saying that they will take the place of their husband and continue to preach the gospel. Moses was a man, strong man, able man, smarter man than all of us. Great orator, destined to be the king, sit on the throne. But one day, he had an encounter with someone, it says, seeing him who is invisible. He forsook, left everything of Egypt, and the 
pleasures of sin. <laughs> I was in a pastor's conference some time ago, 800 pastors, and about six or seven of them later came and said, can we have a little time with you? Just pray for me, each one, by the way. Every one of them had fallen in adultery sometime and living with horrible, horrible guilt and sin and pain. The epidemic, the crisis. You know, we people live in two months of victory over this stupid some sin and then they fall back. You know, it's a like yo-yo constantly. Why is it? You ask the question. Unless we recognize something more precious, that is... Please see him who is invisible. That will give you the impetus, the strength, the joy, and whatever it takes to say no to the sin and no to the stuff that is pulling you down and down and down. And Moses was able to walk away from all because he saw not the children of Israel. They were dumb. They were crazy. They were after him a stone to kill him. But remember he said one time, God, Moses, what do you want? <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Go ahead. I just want to see you. <laughs> uh, that's all I want. Moses, you can't see my face and remain alive, but you can see the back. Another time he said, God, you want me to go and do this thing? Please don't. Moses, I give you all the power in the world. I mean, you can do anything you want. All the power. You can do anything. No, God, unless you go with me, I just don't want to go. Even when he failed, when God said, Moses, <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't enter into the promised land. You don't read Moses saying, what is wrong with you, God? I saw you all these years. Now you're telling me I can't. You know what I think happened? This is my own interpretation. When God said, Moses, you cannot go into the promised land. Then you read, God conducted the funeral for his servant Moses. You know what Moses thought in his heart? I think it's imagination. Good, good, good. Finally, I don't have to spend any more time with these people. I can be with him. walked away from all this stuff, my pursuit, this treasure, this one thing I longed for to be lost in him, not here on earth. I just want to be with him. Finally, I, could, I didn't know I could do something like this and I could have done it long ago. But then later we find Christ, his meeting with Moses and Elijah. And with those words, we bring to a close our time of teaching here on The Road to Reality. And now, the conclusion of that story I began just a few moments ago. Pastor who tried to encourage every believer in the six villages where he served, but it was impossible at times to walk that far. One particular village was located five and a half miles away from his home. The pastor began to pray for the Lord's provision, and he asked the believers to pray with him. Well, the Lord listened, and after six years of persevering prayer, the pastor was given a heavy-duty bicycle from GFA through the generosity of people just like you. Finally, the pastor was able to do what he'd wanted to do all along, minister to his flocks. 
GFA is involved in life-changing work like this in many areas. And at this time, GFA is concentrating resources and manpower to addressing needs caused by the COVID-19 crisis. Find out what GFA is doing in Asia right now about COVID-19 and how you can help. Listeners here in the U.S. can give us a call at 866-946-2742. In Canada, reach out to us at 888-946-2742. The website for those of you in Canada, roadtoreality.ca. In the U.S., it's roadtoreality.org. Thank you for joining us today on The Road to Reality. This program is presented by GFA. GFA.